Great upgrades to their staff that are important and you should know about them. The Colts are going to make upgrades to their wide receiver room. You should know about those too as the draft approaches. We are just three weeks from the second and third round of the draft, the NFL draft being conducted. And those are the rounds that we really care about as Colts fans and followers. So we'll talk about the wide receivers who might be available with those picks. We'll also talk about Tiger. Good day at Augusta yesterday for Tiger Woods. Shot a 71. He goes off this afternoon, but conditions are going to be adverse to shooting uh, another good score. Cubs, they won. Interesting final weekend with the NBA. The Pacers, it really doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot what they do, but it does matter to the Pacers what the Cavaliers do. We'll talk about it. This is Breakfast with Kent. A little bit late this morning. We're making technological upgrades to the power plant here at uh, Breakfast with Kent Central. And so uh, we're a little bit late today. That's the way it goes. We, we You can have a late breakfast once in a while. That's not a bad thing. Uh, today, of course, is Friday, April 8th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got plumbing problems? Johnson's has plumbing solutions. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. That is the number. Hit subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, hit the like button for goodness sake. And if you've got a question, give me the question. If you donate, I automatically see it. The little machine goes bing, and there you are. So uh, donations, as always, appreciated. We're going to talk about Xavier Johnson first. Dustin DePirac of the Herald Times filed a story and it goes into greater detail because now we've got the uh, the probable cause affidavit uh, filed by Monroe County Sheriff's Deputy Kyle Molden. He's the arresting officer of Xavier Johnson. This is, uh, oh, yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I don't think, thank you very much for the five bucks. I don't think Chris Ballard's going to go T-line with 42. If he does, my head's going to explode, honest to God, right? All right, let's talk. Here's what Molden says happened on uh, last Sunday morning. Xavier Johnson was caught going 90, traveling north on Walnut. Took a right on 46. For those of you who know Bloomington a little bit, you've got the Hampton Inn. You've got the uh, uh, Denny's on the corner of that intersection. He took a right. He was being pursued by Molden in his car with the siren and lights flashing. And then Johnson pulls into what used to be called Walnut Knolls. If you're a long time, uh, you got, I lived in Walnut Knolls for two years. I know Walnut Knolls well. Took a right. There used to be a Ponderosa right there. Then he takes a left as he gets into Walnut Knolls, runs a stop sign, takes another right, speeds all the way to the southeast corner of the parking lot, where this happens. He says, I pulled up behind the charger and turned my spotlight on and shined it on the vehicle. I clearly observed the driver jump into the back seat and the rear passenger climb up into the driver's seat. The charger was shaking heavily and the rear passenger hit the horn when climbing into the front seat. Hey, uh, at least they're not good at being crooks. All occupants were removed at gunpoint and placed in handcuffs. The first person I saw climb from the driver's seat into the rear seat was identified as Xavier Johnson. Molden wrote that Johnson insisted throughout the interrogation that he was not driving, and he was not driving 
because he was drunk. However, the Charger had Virginia plates and was registered to his family, and he had the keys in his pocket. Uh, Johnson's parents live in Virginia. Bolden's probable cause affidavit does not mention any attempt to determine if Johnson was drunk. Uh, However, he was administered a portable breath test for alcohol at the scene. The level was extremely low, so charges for operating while intoxicated were not pursued. Uh, Stewart, Parker Stewart, was in the front passenger seat. He would not tell the officer who was driving the car. Stewart said he told the driver to stop. It would not say who the driver was. Uh, and, and so there you go a little bit. You, you get a little bit behind the scenes look as to what happened with Xavier Johnson, a guy named Mariotti, who is trying to take the rap for Johnson and Parker Stewart, who wanted nothing to do with any of this stuff. So Indiana, they continue to have a problem because we continue to talk about it. Uh, should Xavier Johnson be dismissed from the team? I, I don't think Mike Woodson should do that. However, if I were the head coach, I would do it because you've got to, you've, you've got to kind of issue a, a demarcation of behavior that's uh, acceptable and then that's unacceptable. And that's got to be a heavy black line. And, and you've, you've got to not allow people to cross it, no matter who they are and what they do. Um, people are talking about Nigel Pack as a guy that perhaps Indiana should pursue in the transfer portal. He visited Purdue yesterday. Pack was really, really good last year as a shooting guard at Kansas State, averaging a uh, bunch of points, almost 18 points, 17.4 points. He hit 43.6% from three. And, and so he's going to fit the Boilermakers. Would he fit Indiana? Here's a guy. Here's why he doesn't to me. Uh, Pack, when he was questioned about uh, entering his name in the portal, what he said was he wants to play at a program where he can develop his point guard game and show uh, scouts in the NBA and GMs in the NBA that he can play point guard. And he's ready to play point guard because that's what he projects toward in the NBA. What I want to hear from a guy if he's going to transfer to Indiana, is I'm coming to hang banners. I'm coming to win at Indiana. That's why I'm coming to Indiana. I'm not coming to Indiana to try to showcase my game. That's how you wind up being the shooting guard, successful shooting guard, for a team that goes 6-12 and last year in the Big 12 and finishes ninth. You have got to have guys who are pot committed to winning. And if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to be pot committed to winning, I got no time for you at Indiana. That's just my belief in what Indiana needs to be and the level at which people need to believe they're coming into Indiana to win basketball games and not just serve as a uh, kind of a holding area until you enter the NBA. All right, let's talk about the Colts. All right, I, I don't think it's extremely rare. I think you've got guys who who want to win. Now, do they have their eye on the NBA? Yeah, but... Priority one is playing winning basketball. Uh, Wide receiver targets for the Colts. There are plenty of them. There are guys who are not going to be available. The two guys from Ohio State, including Chris Olave, not going to be available unless you trade up if you're Chris Ballard. But guys who might be available, you're talking about guys like George Pickens. George Pickens, 6'3", 195, really, really good as a freshman. And then 
tore his ACL last year, uh, last spring. Um, that's not good. Then you got, he ran a 4.4740. That's okay because he's got good size. Um, but didn't really develop after his freshman year. And he was also kicked out of a game for fighting as a freshman and suspended for uh, violating team rules. Doesn't sound like an Indi- uh, Indianapolis Colt to me. And they, Chris Ballard is not digging guys who are uh, going to go ahead and, uh, and violate team rules, get suspended, fight, that kind of thing. John Mechie from Alabama is really, really interesting. He tore his ACL. Can he get healthy for this coming season? Like, the, the Colts want to win now. They didn't go sign a 36-year-old quarterback because they're planning to win in four years. This is not a four-year plan, right? They want to win now. John Mechie may or may not be a part of a plan to win now. You can't go into the season... With Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, a guy with a broken knee, and then Desmond Patman and Mike Strong. You can't do it. Um, Jahan Dotson. I love Jahan Dotson from Penn State. He's a little bit small, 5'11", 178, would be a really, really good slot guy. But he wasn't just that at Penn State. I got to tell you, this is going to drive people crazy. And this is putting way too much weight on a kid who hadn't taken a snap in the NFL yet. But he reminds me of Reggie Wayne. When I saw him play against Indiana, I was like, that dude's got some Reggie Wayne in him. I don't know whether that's going to be borne out as he moves into the NFL or not, but I really like Jahan Dotson. If he was available at 42, and he might not be, because all it takes is one guy, one GM to fall in love with a kid, and all of a sudden a guy who's projected to go 42nd goes 28th. You know what I mean? So who's going to be on the board at 42? We have no idea. But if Jahan Dotson is on the board at 42, I take Jahan Dotson. Uh, you've got Christian Watson, North Dakota State. Jahan Dotson has everything you want physically out of a kid who is going to play in the NFL. He is 6'4". He ran a 4'3", 6'40". He's got great hands. He uh, high points the ball pretty damn well. His dad played in the NFL. He was a defensive back for five years. So that's interesting because that, that's something that it seems like the Colts like. Michael Pittman Jr., guess who his dad was? If you said Michael Pittman uh, Sr., you're exactly right. Running back who spent a long time in the NFL. These are guys who kind of know their way around the NFL. And so uh, if you've got a heritage, kind of that... Um, that Remember, Gethers played safety for the Colts. Clayton Gethers for a while. His family, I mean, you, you couldn't shake a stick without hitting a Gethers in the, on an NFL roster uh, about 20 years ago. Great heritage of NFL play. We'll see if that means something to Chris Ballard. But Christian Watson is a guy who played at a high level at North Dakota State. All right which is not the highest level of college football, but he was really good, and he's got all the physical tools necessary to play at that level. The staff for the Colts I think is really interesting because I like where they're going with the staff. Cato June being an assistant linebackers coach. I love that. Cato June has paid his dues. He's got Colts bloodlines, played for the Colts for a while, back 20 years ago or so. I like that Reggie Wayne coming on board as the wide receivers coach. I love that. 
Reggie Wayne, I've told this story a million times, but me going up to Anderson and watching training camp, this is the kind of stuff I'd watch for. After every day's workout, Reggie Wayne would go to the, uh, go to the jugs machine, and one-handed, he'd take balls here, like 10 balls here, 10 balls here, catch them, one-handed. 10 balls here, kind of backhanded like this, that he'd catch. And the rookies kept walking past Reggie, like, what the hell is that old man doing? You know what that old man was doing? He was perfecting his craft. And if Reggie Wayne can bring that work ethic to the position of wide receivers coach and imbue the wide receivers with the Colts with an appreciation for that kind of work ethic, by God, he's the right guy for the job. Mike Mitchell coming on board as an assistant DB's coach. Mike Mitchell during the brief time he was with the Colts, was really, really impressive and a guy that I loved to talk to in the locker room because he was just, he had a depth of knowledge, not just about football, but about leadership and about how he could affect the roster from a leadership perspective, specifically with Quincy Wilson. We remember Quincy Wilson, first draft that Chris Ballard orchestrated. Quincy Wilson taken in the second round as a cornerback, had a lot of physical traits. He was really, really young, right? Drafted, I think he had just turned 20. So he had some growing up to do. Kind of foundered for a bit, but when Mike, and has since, but when Mike Mitchell was on the Colts, that's when Quincy Wilson played his best football and executed as well as he ever did in practice. Mike Mitchell is a grown-up who is going to infuse a grown-up mentality with a peer mentality, uh, peer leadership with this Colts DB room. The uh, DB uh, coach who's come in is Ron Miles and has worked with Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator, for a long time. Ron Miles, one of the best in the business at being a secondary coach, a DB coach. Uh, of course, you've got Richard Smith, who's come with Gus Bradley as well, who's been in the NFL forever as a linebackers coach and one of the best linebackers coach in the business. I think the upgrade in the staff has been huge for the Colts. That's going to pay dividends. That's an under-the-radar series of signings and series of upgrades made possible really by Matt Eberflus leaving for the Bears and taking a bunch of people with him. So when you don't want people to leave like they did with Eberflus, you don't even want Eberflus to leave, right? But if they do, you upgrade over who they are, who they were for you. And that, I believe, is what the Colts have done. Good for them. Uh, like I met Brandon Cooks, by the way, signed, a day, uh, an, uh, signed an extension with the Texans. So Brandon Cooks, really, really good receiver. He had another year left on his deal. He signs a two-year extension to stay with the Texans a little bit longer. His fourth NFL team. There you go. Uh, like I mentioned, Nigel Pack visited Purdue. Good. If he goes to Purdue, they got a culture that's going to be able to turn Nigel Pack into a, a more team-winning-oriented basketball player than I think Indiana does. Purdue's culture is built. Indiana's is still in the process of being built. Uh, Masters, going to be fascinating today to see how players deal with the win. I think this is great for Tiger Woods. They're in a player on the grounds at Augusta that understands adverse conditions and how they affect play at the Masters like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods did not have his A game yesterday at all, and you saw it on 18. Just a straight pull 
of a drive on 18 between limbs of that big tree on the left, winds up on the 10th, kind of punches out, gets to where he can pitch onto the green at 18, he gets up and down. Great scramble par. You're going to be able to have to scramble at a high level today to score at Augusta National. Cubs, they won 5-4. I hate the DH. I hate the DH in the National League. I keep thinking, okay, when's Hendricks come to the plate? Is there a guy on? Are we going to sacrifice? What are we doing? No, it's just another guy swinging a bat. I hate it. Uh, Final weekend of the Pacers season. Pacers are in an interesting spot. They've got games in Philly and at Brooklyn. See what happens in those games. That's going to determine where the Pacers lie in the draft. Their first round pick, which is very, very likely to be in the top six and maybe much higher than that. Then you've got the Cavaliers. If the Cavaliers in the play-in that's going to occur next week, if they play their way into the playoffs as one of the top eight seeds in the East, the Pacers will get the Cavaliers' first round draft pick. If they don't make it into the playoffs via the play-in, then that uh, pick is draft protected, and we kick the can down the road to 2023 where the same thing's going to happen again, or that number one converts into two number twos, one in 25, one in 26, if I'm uh, thinking correctly. Birthdays being celebrated. Teresa Staniford Davis, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday... You celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Now you're up to date on Xavier Johnson, the Colts, all that stuff. Maybe later today, maybe not. I, I, you know what? This week, my wife's been off, so we've taken a little bit of time in the afternoons to do some other things and uh, been having a wonderful time. We might do that again today. We might not. We'll see. 